Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you haven't, going to church, taking communion, being a good person, trying to keep the Ten Commandments, all of those things are wonderful. Listen to me, unless the Son sets you free, you'll never be free of your sins. You'll never be free of your guilt. You'll never ever be free of the penalty of sin, which is death, and death results in hell. That's the confusion. Forgiveness is vital in the life of a believer. First and foremost, it's because of God's forgiveness that we can have hope, because of His great love. He made a way for us to be cleansed and forgiven, and that way is through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus. So, since we have been forgiven, shouldn't we extend forgiveness towards others? When we don't, when we refuse to forgive, then we're only making matters worse. Unforgiveness brings bondage. It creates bitterness and hatred. That's no way for a Christ follower to live. Be a person who forgives and experience real freedom today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. I'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, as he begins our message entitled, Real Freedom. Understand the dangers of unforgiveness, of not being free. Here they are. Unforgiveness affects us spiritually and physically and emotionally. You know, I worked in a hospital for over 25 years as director of pharmacy up at Woodstock. We had a psychiatric wing. It was filled with people. But not only the psychiatric wing, much of the other parts of the hospital filled with people with all kinds of diseases. Bottom line, unforgiveness had caused all of these things. Now, not every disease, but many. We know the physical effects, but many of us don't realize the spiritual effect of being a Christian and yet not really able to trust God in this area. Sometimes because of unforgiveness. Live in real freedom by renewing our thinking with the truth. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Galatians 5.13 says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. What does that mean? God designed us to live free of sin, of guilt, and of unforgiveness. We are to live free of those things because they impede my everyday walk, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Well, how do we get free? What are the steps we take? In Romans 12, 2, in the New Living Translation, you see it. Paul says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you, well, into a new person. By doing what? By changing the way you, the way you think. You, you mean, Pastor Mark, the way I think? 
has an effect on the way I live? Yes. We told you that already. And if I will let, not the world tell me how to think, but if I'll let God tell me how to think, notice the rest of this. Then you will know what, well, what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. How do I live in freedom? I have to have my mind, notice the verses there, transformed. Transformed. It's a process that happens inside and works itself out. It's an adjustment of my thinking process to the way God thinks. Understand, when you became a Christian, you entered into a spiritual warfare. So if you're a Christian this morning, inside you, there's this, there's this battle. God wants you to think this way, but Satan wants you to think this way. Understand this next statement. Satan wants to control our minds, but God wants to transform them. You see, most of us have been thinking the way the world thinks. It squeezed us into the mold. We don't think right. That's just what happens in our life. But God wants to transform me to think like him and live in freedom. Well, how can I renew my mind? Do I have to have a brain transplant? What do I do? Do I take ginkgo five times a day instead of three and maybe that'll do it? No, we know how to do it. It's very simple and yet very powerful. Turning your Bibles to John, you're there, chapter 8, verse 31. Matthew, Mark, John 8, 31. Jesus speaking to some Jewish people, some who were believers, some who were not. To the Jews, and I'll ask you to circle a few things because we're going to talk about them in a moment. To the Jews who had, circle this, believed him. So some of the Jews that Jesus were talking to were followers of Jesus. And Jesus said, if, see some promises of God are conditional. If you, circle it, hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So spiritual transformation takes place via the renewal of our minds with biblical truth. We renew our minds by holding to God's word. So what does that mean? Does that mean I have to hold the Bible 24 hours a day when I sleep at night? Sleep with my Bible. My mind's being renewed. You students go to school. You have your backpack, but you're holding your Bible. We eat lunch today, one-handed. I'm holding the Bible because you've got to be transformed. No, they'd call you really weird if you would do that. <laughs> what does the word hold mean? Well, in the original language, and I have it for you, you want to copy it down this morning. Here's what it means. Jesus said, if, if you'll read the word of God, if you'll meditate on it, in other words, think about it, roll it over in your mind, if you'll absorb it, if, if it, as Colossians 3, it becomes part of you, part of your thinking process, if you'll stay in it and experience it. In other words, it's going to change your thinking, and as I think, I become, and I act, if you'll do that, then you'll be a true follower of Jesus Christ. You see, God designed his word that we're studying this morning to infuse strength into our life and wisdom and direction and healing and peace and deliverance into our thinking process. And this renewing, well, it's a lifelong process over and over and over again. And it's directly related to the word of God in my mind. Now look, going on to verse 32. Notice verse 32. Then you, instead of you, put your name. Then Mark, 
Then Mark, just write it in there. Then Mark will know the circleless word, truth, truth. And the truth will set, scratch Mark out and you out and put your name in there. Mark will set Mark, circleless word, free. What are you talking about? Well, let me explain the three words. Notice this verse started with then. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What does no mean? No mean, in, in the original language, it's, it's the word gnosko. It, it means by personal experience. Actually, many times in the Bible, it's related to a sexual intimacy. A husband knows his wife. So it doesn't mean I know about the word of God, but I understand it because the author, God, lives in me. The next word is truth. We hear a lot of things today about truth. Much of the stuff we get from Washington is not truth. Most of the stuff we read in our newspaper here on the newscast is definitely not truth. Truth, certain, accurate, real. Jesus said in John 17, before he left the earth, he said to his disciples, this word is truth. In fact, the Bible says it's 100% truth. The next word was free. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Most of us can quote this verse like crazy, but we're not free. What does free mean? Free from restraints, delivered. You see, the truth of God's word will set us free from any bondage, any stronghold, any wrong thinking, any habit, any attitude, any lifestyle against God's will. God's truth brings freedom because we can now discern Satan's lies. Look at verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you would be free indeed. What a lot of people say about that. Well, the first thing you ought to see from that is this. Let's read it the other way. If the Son, who is Jesus, doesn't set you free, you're not what? Free. We cannot free ourselves. So out of these verses, here's the first thing you want to write. Real freedom starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus himself said it. Back in verse 31, he says to the Jews who believed him. In verse 36, he says, if the Son sets you free, what does that simply mean to all of us? It just means this. Any person who becomes a true believer, a follower of Jesus, can be freed from their past, their sin, from their guilt, from their fear of death, from the bondage of sin, and they can enjoy a life for God, uh, enjoy every day, and we'll talk about this next week, don't miss next week. They'll be able to reach their potential for God because they're free. But understand this this morning. Some of you are here, and you're good people, and you're religious, and you come, and you're in church, but you, you've never, watch me, you've never done this in your life, and it doesn't have to be by kneeling, but, but you've never chosen to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. See, there has to be a time when you, in your mind, know that you said to God this, I'm a sinner, please come into my heart. I want to be a follower of you. Have you ever done that? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you haven't, going to church, taking communion, being a good person, trying to keep the Ten Commandments, all of those things are wonderful. Listen to me, unless the Son sets you free, 
You'll never be free of your sins. You'll never be free of your guilt. You'll never ever be free of the penalty of sin, which is death, and death results in hell. That's the confusion. So the very first thing, real freedom in your life, has to start at the cross, where Jesus purchased our freedom. Now some of you are going to say, what do you mean freed from my sin? I'm a good person. Well, actually in verse 33 or so, the, the Jewish people said, What do you mean, freed from what? And these are the Jewish people who didn't believe in Jesus. They said, as the Jewish people, we have great history. Abraham's our father. We've never been in bondage. Duh. What do you think the Exodus was? 400 years of bondage. What do you think the 70 years in captivity was? Bondage. I mean, the Jewish people have been in bondage their whole life. Look what Jesus says. I think it's very important because sometimes we like to make excuses to him. Look what he says in verse 34. Jesus replied, I tell you, oh, here's this word again, the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Well, who is everyone that sins? Uh, Everyone. You were born in sin. So was I. So you can't sit out there and say this morning, I don't need to be born again. I don't need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Use whatever term you want. I don't need to be a Christian. I I never sin. Yes, you have. This word doesn't lie. And it says all have sinned and fallen short. So, second, real freedom expands by knowing the truth of God's Word. You see, when you and I become Christians, we become baby Christians. Now, that's hard for some of you to understand. But this morning, you might be 47 and accept the Lord today. Good. We have had people, lots of people in the other two services accept the Lord. Well, you start at the baby stage. And you have to learn Scripture over and over and again. So real freedom expands by knowing the truth of God's Word. The more I know the Bible, the more I'm taught the principles, the more... Do you realize how fortunate you are to be in a place where God's Word is taught? Not not me. In a place where God's Word is taught. Most of you don't know this because you weren't here when we built this, but before this stage was built, we had a big hole dug here right down into the dirt. It goes way down into the dirt. And in a metal box that will be there until Jesus comes. I put one of my old Bibles that my dad gave me. And every time I stand here, I'm standing on the truth of the Word of God. Now, I might read you a joke from Mark Twain, but that's all it is, is a joke. Here's the danger. You're going to see in a moment, to abide, to stay in, to make it part of my life. Number one, when God calls you to do something, Immediately, Satan will come to you and say, it's impossible. God says in Luke 8, 27, I'm not going through all the verses this morning because it's time. All things are possible. Second, I'm too tired. You know, after I do three services, Saturday night, I used to do four. Now, I'm tired after this service, but I'm not tired. In fact, if you fill it up again, I'll teach again. (laughs) Now, you don't understand this, and I don't say this because I love doing what I do. One hour of teaching what I do is equal to eight hours of manual labor. So I'm going to the elders next week and ask for double time. No, I'm not. Because God's benefits, you've heard it, are out of this world. Hallelujah. Next, somebody, God says to you, you need to do this. I'm not able. God says, I'm able. I'm able. What's the problem? Next, well, I'm not adequate. I don't have the skills. I'm just not adequate. God says, you are adequate. That's next week. You are gifted. Next, I can't manage. I can't bring, I mean, there's not enough money. I don't have a thing. God says, 
Wait a minute. I'll supply 32% of your needs. You work for the rest. No, all of them. Here's a big one. I'm not smart enough. Amen. But when I'm not smart enough, God says, I'll give you wisdom. Next. Pastor Mark, I'm not like you. I don't have enough faith. That's a lie from Satan. Because the scripture says God has given every single one of us a measure of faith. Next. Nobody loves me. I come here and nobody knows my name. Nobody loves me. Let me tell you this morning. If nobody ever loves you, God loves you. And I'll take that one every day. Next. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I just can't do it, God. Yes, you can do it. You can do all things through him. He lives in you. Understand, that's the mind game. You say, Pastor Mike, this is psychology. No, it's the truth of God's word. When I know that God guides where he provides, then I have to realize that all the fears, all the negativity, all the stuff is nothing but a lie from Satan. Number three, real freedom is experienced and enjoyed by obeying the truth. Knowing the truth is not enough. For those of you that are Christians, many of those verses that I put up, you can quote them, but you don't believe them for you. You see, Jesus said, if you know the truth, if you'll experience it, If you'll allow it to soak into your mind, you absorb it, you stay in it. That's why we teach most of the time, other than a few series, we teach through the word of God. Do you understand? You have to experience it and you have to obey it. Then you can enjoy your walk with God. You have to experience that. So many of you, you're not living in the freedom because you're afraid. You know the truth. But you're afraid to take that step of faith. And thus you're not free to enjoy life. Here's a key. Forgiving and forgetting are acts of our will. It's not a feeling. It may involve feeling. But it's a decision. We are never freed by an emotional or mental decision. But by obeying the truth. It's a spiritual thing that happens. Guys, do you understand what you're getting in this series? You're getting principles that will change your life forever. So understand, it's an act of my will. It's not an emotional deal. Forgiving and forgetting are continual. Past, present, and future. Because many people don't know the truths of the Bible, they can't live in freedom. They can't. It's wonderful to know that God gives us that freedom. We can just trust our life to Him. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 41. We've been taking these truths and applying them in the life of Joseph. Let me give you a little summary. Remember, Joseph was a Jew, lived in Israel, 17 years old. His father, Jacob, had 11 other sons. They became jealous of Joseph and put him in a pit, abandoned him, and then sold him as a slave to Egypt at the age of 17. He's filled with hurt and rejection. They go back and tell their father that Joseph died. Joseph arrives in this foreign pagan land. He's immediately given to Potiphar, one of the guys that kind of rules the land under Pharaoh. Potiphar raises him up. Joseph's doing great. Potiphar's wife tries to get him into bed over and over and again. Joseph does the right thing, refuses to go to bed. She lies to Potiphar. He tried to rape me. Joseph is thrown into prison. Second hurt. 
forgotten and abandoned. In prison, all of a sudden, he comes across, by the way, he rises up again. He's doing well in prison. He's the leader in prison. They see his management skills. But Joseph, as he goes through this, he, well, two of the Pharaoh's head people, the bread man and the, the wine taster, they're thrown into prison. They have a dream. Joseph explains the dream. And he says to the cupbearer, Pharaoh's going to call you and you're going to be freed. And when you're freed and you're in his service again, please remember me. I'm here and I shouldn't be in this prison. We discover that the cupbearer is free, goes back to Pharaoh, but he forgets Joseph. So here's the hurts. Brothers rejected, lied about for doing the right thing, rejected, abandoned, totally forgotten by the cupbearer. But see, all along, it didn't matter what circumstances Joseph was in. He was able to enjoy real freedom. Why? Because God says in the book of Genesis, God enabled Joseph to forget and move on. God enabled Joseph to forget. So Joseph is, well, he's forgiven. He's forgetting. He's useful. He's joyful. He's positive. While he waits for God to fulfill the dreams. His dreams were that one day God was going to use him mightily. One of the dreams was that his brothers and father were going to bow down before them. In other words, he'd be in some kind of a place of leadership. Now, he doesn't know when this is going to happen. It hasn't happened so far. Well, we know the rest of the story. Understand this this morning. Being free is not about our circumstances. If you're only, quote, free when circumstances are good, this is the way your life's going to be. Paul and Silas are in jail, beaten, midnight, singing. They're singing. They're free, but they're in jail. That's Mark, that's an oxymoron. No, they're free, but they're, they're free here because they know God's still in control. Understand it this morning. The circumstances in life are not fair. Bad things happen to good people all the time, and they will till Jesus comes. And then he's going to correct it. So what happens? Well, two years go by, Pharaoh has a dream. He asks all his wise men. They go, duh. All of a sudden, the cupbearer remembers. Uh-oh. You know, Pharaoh, there's this young Jewish boy. He can tell you a dream. He does. All of a sudden, one day, Joseph comes, comes to the palace. He's cleaned up, shaven, had a little manicure, the whole deal. Stands before Pharaoh and says, I can't tell you the dream, but God can. And the dream was this. There's going to be seven years of great plenty, and then seven years of huge famine through the world. So take 20%. During those good years, store it up, and the whole world will come to you as well as you have enough. There was a dream. Look at Genesis 41, 55. What does God find? God works away, way beyond anything that could be imagined. Joseph goes from a prisoner in a lousy, dirty cell to second in command in one day. Well, here we are a few years later. Look at verse 55. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, so we're seven years past this. The people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Amazing. Here's Joseph. God is beginning to fulfill that dream. Skip on down to chapter 42, verse 1 and 2. Now when Jacob, remember that's Joseph's father, learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, I don't have time to play with this one, but this is a great verse. Why do you just keep looking at each other? Pastor Mark made an important statement today. He said that it doesn't matter if you have perfect church attendance, if you tithe on a regular basis, if you volunteer your time, if you give to the needy, or even if you serve on the church board. 
If you aren't born again, you're not saved. Understand that our salvation isn't earned by good works. It's a free gift. Then, as recipients of that free gift, we're given the power to do what is right. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Prison Break, the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Today's message is entitled, Real Freedom, and the message number is NB280. Again, the title of today's message is Real Freedom, and the message number is NB280. Or, just remember today's date. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we'll read a verse from the Gospel of John. It states, If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Pastor Mark will use this verse to explain to us that when God forgives us, that means that we are truly forgiven. Sadly, Satan tries to bring up our past. He tries to hold it against us. But if we take this verse in John seriously, then we know that our sin has been washed away. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from our series entitled Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living.